Well, welcome to King's. I'm the senior pastor, and uh, it's good to have you here today. Um, uh, starting our Psalms series, I decided to start with Psalm 1. I thought that's the place to start, and um, we'll get in that, into that in a moment. But just to uh, uh, say this week, I've been to New Day. When I say New Day, do many, many of you know about New Day? All our young people are coming back. Uh, this afternoon, it was about 150, 140, 150 on site, about 120 young people, remarkable team, uh, led by Charles and Moses, set it up for Moses, yep, and uh, Zoe from the lease site, and loads of, uh, uh, of our young people. It was a lovely atmosphere on the site, it was just a, a fantastic uh, time to be there. We went also to support our band, Neil. And the band and the choir that were leading worship for 7,000 young people. It was amazing. And I was there and I've kind of got this, you know, when if, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I'm in the worship and I'm kind of like, Jesus, Jesus. And then I think, oh gosh, that was a really good riff, what they did there. I like the way. So, oh Jesus. And then I was really distracted because my son, uh, Josh, was playing the drums. You know, he plays drums here. And Sam, one of my other sons, was in the choir. And so I'm going from Jesus to a proud pastor moment to dad moment. And uh, I have to confess, there was probably a bit more dad moment than there was Jesus moment. But there we go. But it was fantastic. And here's a picture of me on the drums at the end. Um, I thought I, 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 I dodged security to get on the platform and went up. And that you can't see much, but there's... There's no one in the auditorium, they've all left. But it's packed with young people. And there's me, you know, when you're sort of thinking, I wish I was, you know, do you ever wish you were a drummer? Yeah, yeah I'd be a drummer. But I'm absolutely useless. Uh, actually, I'm musically inept. And uh, Deb's the one that's brought the kind of, uh, you know, marry up was always my strategy. And Deb brought the, the, kind, of, the kind of depth and gifts of the Tibet household, one of them being music. And reading, another real good, strong strength. Okay, so anyway, that, that was this week. And then I would ask for your prayers. Jesting apart, I really will ask for your prayers. Dem and I, we, this time next week, we'll literally be in the air going to Kenya. Never been to Kenya before. Been to Africa a few times, as if you come to church, you'll know. Uh, but Kenya is, is like a part of East Africa. It's a, a kind of regional kind of hub for that part of Africa. We're flying into Nairobi, then we stay over, and then we've got another day's trip to uh, Meru. Uh, so there's a lot of travel, sort of like four days travel, and then we're there for about four days. And I'm speaking at a conference, it's a leadership conference hosted by Edward and Frida Berea. It's probably the biggest kind of ministry within New Frontiers. It's a very impressive, hundreds of churches, there'll be 600 leaders, people from right across the nation. Um, I'll be doing three sessions. They all go out live on TV and live on radio at the same time, just to give a feel for... Uh, so I hope my jokes sort of travel. Uh, and, uh, and I'm preaching three main sessions on uh, the Spirit-Filled Missional Church, uh, spirit, uh, sort of missional leadership and missional lifestyle. So those are my topics on the theme of uh, mission. And we, we're there, and then we fly back... Uh, the Sunday night arriving Monday a week later. So we value your prayers, uh, please. Anyway, Psalm 1. Here we go. Let's. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked 
or stand in the way that the sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf, leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. And therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So across the summer, we just kind of change it around a bit. And we have the, as you've noticed already, we have the kids in, and then we have the, the, the preach word earlier, and we worship out of um, the, the preach word. And we have sort of different speakers up. But I said, oh, I don't mind. I said, I'll do one at the beginning to open up the series. And so that's where we're at. And Psalm 1 is a just great devotional, it's a wisdom psalm, uh, but if I was writing the Psalms, I don't think I'd start with Psalm 1. I'd start with Psalm 2. Psalm 2 is a royal psalm, and it's uh, one uh, probably written for the coronation of David, but it kind of preludes and points towards the coming of the King of Kings, Jesus. And uh, it's all about the nations and ruling the nations. I thought I'd start the Psalms with a kind of big declaration, but the psalmist doesn't. It just starts with a, a very pastoral appeal to God's people to trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. And so that's what we're going to look at today. And like any literature in the scriptures, you need to be aware of your literature to interpret it. And this is a wisdom psalm. So it's, it's a bit like Proverbs. I like Proverbs. If you read Proverbs, you think it's very it's, it's wise and practical and relevant. You can apply it to your life. But it's important when uh, reading wisdom literature is to, to know this. As one writer put it, simply tells how life works most of the time. So it simply tells how life works most of the time. Which is another way of saying is that sometimes with Scripture, you can take it and you treat it like, if I do this, this will be the outcome. If I do this, will be the outcome. And most of the time, that is true. Yeah? Uh, But uh, life is complex, and at times, things come in from left field. And I've seen people that have been very, in a sense, faithful and diligent, and then something surprising has come in. It doesn't mean that God is not with you. But at the same time, it does mean that if you follow the wisdom literature, most of the time things will go well with you. So I would encourage you to do that. Um, Just don't use some scriptures like proof texts. Um, And this psalm starts with a contrast between good and bad company. In fact, it starts with the phrase, blessed is the man. And blessed could be translated happy. Uh, But it's not like happy... In response to a good joke, you know, a laughter. It's, it's a, a deeper word than that. It's, it's a, a deep contentment, happy, content. Yeah. Um, though, as one writer put it, it probably doesn't mean that this is someone who's unhappy all the time. Have you ever met Christians like that? Oh, God, Jimmy. Oh, life's tough. Oh, the world's against me. The enemy's against me. Everyone's against me. I mean, I don't want to be a Christian like that, okay? That doesn't mean not being real, but it has a deep-rooted contentment in God, whatever season of life is before you. The psalmist starts with a picture of someone walking or standing or sitting. Basically saying, look, who are you hanging out with? Who Who do you dwell with? Maybe I could ask you, who do you walk with? Who do you sit with? Who do you stand with? 
Who do you spend most of your time with? When it comes to at your work or at school or college, wherever you are, the school gate picking up, who do you hang out with? Who do you associate with? Proverbs 13.20 in the King James says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a company of fools shall be destroyed. Who you hang out with impacts more the person you become than we like to admit. Um, I don't know about you, I, I, I like to think that I am a fairly discerning, independent, my mind is rational, and when I have an influence in my life, it, it won't really impact me, I can, I can filter it, yeah? My mind is the ability to filter. It doesn't actually, the mind is just like a sponge, it just soaks up what you put in, okay? But I've got strong character, I won't be, I won't be thrown by uh, this rowdy group. I tell you, if you've ever been to a football match, yeah, if I, I, I'm... But I'm looking forward to the new season. I've got my season ticket. Come on, Palace. Another great year. Let's hope we keep Zaha. Everyone in the church is allowed to pray for Zaha to stay at Palace. It's a very appropriate way to use your prayer life. And uh, it's August, so we're all a bit relaxed here today. Okay? And, um, but you'd be amazed what people do at football matches in a crowd. It's shocking. They could be working in a city or a school... Uh, and then they get involved in a crowd mob and they do things that afterwards they can't believe they've done it themselves. They say things. Yeah? Sometimes not very nice things. Racist things. Do things you think. So you're shaped by your environment far more than you'd like to admit. Um, this last Thursday, I went to Lord's Cricket Ground. I was invited by my friend, lifelong friend, Dave Stroud. He's a member, he's got the tie and the whole thing. He's married to Philippa Stroud, who's now Baroness Stroud, who sits in the Lord's bar- And we knew Dave, have known Dave and Philippa since we, we both got married in the same year and lived in Bedford, and our kids grew up together. And uh, So we get together from time to time. He said, would you like to go to Lord's? I said, okay, fine. So I bought my suit on, so I was in the members. And we're there and watching the 2020, and we're just hanging out, chatting, catching up. Um, Dave and Philippa Straub met in Hong Kong while serving Jackie, with Jackie Pullinger. Some of you have heard of Jackie Pullinger, her work amongst drug addicts uh, in the walled city in Hong Kong. And they met, and I remember Philippa telling this story, where, and this is Baroness Stroud now, my ad. And she turned up, and when she got there, she noticed that everyone chewed gum and everyone drank Coke. And she said to herself... There's no way, if you know Philippa, you would kind of go, yeah, okay, I get this. There is no way you're going to have me chewing gum and drinking Coke. Guess what? Nine months later, what's Baroness Stroud doing? Chewing gum and drinking Coke. Um, the New Testament will put it this way. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Do not be misled. Don't deceive yourself. Bad company corrupts good character. In other words, who you hang out with impacts the person you become. So think about the type of person you want to become, yeah, and think, I want to hang out with people like that. You could put it this way, choose your friends wisely. This means that we can increase our chances of growing in a positive way by choosing the right people with whom to become friends. All right, okay, what are you saying? So you mean don't be friendly with people? No, be, you can be friendly with everyone. I try and be friendly with everyone as best I can. Hi, nice to see you. Yeah, okay, yeah, be friendly with everyone. But choose your friends 
wisely. It radically impacts the type of person you become. So particularly for many of us in our work situation or at school, um, who we hang out with is really, really important. Um, (laughs) So a school illustration. When I was at school, I didn't hang out with the right people. I know that surprises some of you. Uh, but I was, you know, I left school with no exams. I just, I was, I was with the cool guys, things like that. When I went to college, I decided to hang out with Danny Curtis. Yeah. When we got an assignment at college, Danny would go to the library and do the assignment. This was like revolutionary to me. This was like, what a, this is like, you mean you actually do the work they give you? And I thought to myself, do I go down the pub with all the guys? Yeah. Or do I go with Danny to the library? And I decided, praise the Lord, I thought on this occasion I'll go with Danny. And so I used to go to the library. It was a shock to the system. Yeah. But it made a difference. I qualified. Yeah. I mean, it's a true story. So who, who do you hang out with? Who do you, who do you associate with? Um, there's another picture in the psalm. This is the, the one of... Uh, where you're planted, are you planted by water, a living stream? And when I was thinking of this, I thought, uh, I was just preparing. And Deb told me that she just replanted a rose. I thought, what a visual illustration for the summer. Come on. So here it is. Look at that. Look. Well, okay, it's not that impressive, is that? But you should have seen what it looked like eight weeks ago. Yeah? Now, there's a story behind this rose, and it's a true story. I only discovered it in the last week. Um, but this, Deb bought this to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary, which was, yeah, I know, over five years ago. Five years ago. Uh, but I'm ashamed to say it wasn't, I didn't know. Um, and the story goes is that she had some spare garden vouchers, was in the garden centre and saw what is, I believe I'm right in saying, this is a silver wedding anniversary rose. And she thought, oh, I'll buy that for us. And she planted it in the front garden, but I didn't know that until about a week ago. And then also confessed that basically the rose hadn't done very well. In fact, eight weeks ago, it was in the front garden. All it was was a couple of sort of twigs with no green at all. And Deb used to walk past, look at it, and think, oh, I hope that's not a prophetic sign for our marriage. <laughs> Which it isn't, of course. And uh, so Deb decided, I'm going to replant it. So eight weeks ago, put it in this pot, a little fertilizer. She's out there watering it. She's got a spray. I have got no idea what's going on. I don't do gardening. Just sort of like I didn't used to do study. I don't do gardening either. And, but look at that. Eight weeks. Now, it's not flowering. It takes time for health and fruit to grow. But where you're planted is really, really important. And where you plant your life and the choice you set and the soil you kind of find your life in is critical to your spiritual health or, or your life in general. So the question of this psalm is who you walk in with, who you sit in with, who do you hang out with, and where you plant it. 
Because that has a massive impact on who we are. Jeremiah puts it this way. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Where are you planted? Now the truth is, some of you here, you're you're not spiritually dead. But you're withering a little. If you're totally honest, you just you're more like a twig than a flourishing rose. Some of you maybe are planted in wrong relationships, hanging out with the wrong group at school or at work. Some of you need to literally be replanted. I uh, One of the biggest mistakes I made in my business career before I became a pastor was uh, I was working for a big corporate company called Siemens. I was in sales and marketing. I was doing okay. And then I got a phone call. And it was a headhunter. And it went went something like this. Hi, uh, are you Steve Tibbet? Oh, yeah, I'm Steve Tibbet. Oh, we've heard of you. Oh, we've actually been asked to contact you. So it plays big into your ego. Oh, me? They've heard of me. You know, and then... uh, And I moved from where I was working to a smaller company. It was in the printing industry, and I was selling computers. And I moved, and I turned up at this new company, and they paid me well, and they threw a flash car at me, and they said, oh, we've heard of you. And uh, I moved. And I got there, and about two weeks in, I thought, oh, okay. The culture, the working environment, what culture in that context means, what is it like to work around here? Yeah, was very different to Siemens. Siemens wasn't perfect, by the way, but it was different. It was different because if we were ever at a show, then everyone went down the strip club. They all went down. Straight, you'd finish the show at six, down. Okay, I didn't go, by the way. Not everyone. And uh, I thought to myself, I've been there two weeks. I thought, hmm, okay, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be Christian. I'm going to show that you can do business and you can be a a nice enough guy, but you don't have to do all this stuff. So on many occasions, I would end up having a meal in my hotel room on my own. Because after a while, I got fed up sitting in a restaurant on my own. I thought I might as well sit in the hotel room, get the food to the hotel room and watch something on the telly, the football, whatever's on. Okay, so that's what I did. And that was okay. At times it was not easy, but it was okay. After about nine months there probably about six or seven months in, I was about to land one of the biggest deals I've I had ever. There's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds of deal. And my commission just for this deal was £9,000. Now, I don't know about you. £9,000 bonus now. You know, most of us in the room would take that. It's a sizable amount of money. Back then, man, that could, I could nearly buy a quarter of a house back then. I mean, it was a lot of money. And it looked all like it was going to go. And then right at the last moment, the person, the manager I was working with in this company, phoned me up and said, we decided to go with your competitor. I went, oh. He said, but I'd like to meet with you to explain why. And I thought, do I really want to have that meeting? I thought, I do. I will. I'll go. He's offered to buy me lunch. I'll go out and find out. So I went. The business was in Peterborough. I went. We met in the town centre. We had a meal. And he said, I wanted to meet with you because... We were going to go with you. But in the end, what happened is your sales director offered me a backhander to give the business to his company. 
And for that reason, we lost confidence in the company, and therefore, we went with your competitor. Whoa. At that point, I decided I was in the wrong soil, yeah? And you can be Christian, yeah? And should be, but there are times when the broader culture, because you're not in a position of power and influence, it's, it's appropriate to move. And I did, and I did the walk of shame. I phoned up my old company, they say never go back, and I went back. I went back because it was more important to set myself in a context. So, for some of you, maybe a handful of you, you are facing challenges of integrity at work, and you've got to go, Am I called to, to be Christian here? Or am I called? Actually, no, I need to be replanted. It's really important where you plant yourself as a Christian in a church, the church you choose to plant yourself in, yeah? because that has a huge impact on your spiritual health and your fruitfulness. And um, it's great you're here. I, I don't know if you, I know most of you look out, I know you come here all the time, but uh, for some of you who will be visiting, can I just say to you, I don't mind if you, we'd love you to stay here, but to be honest, I'm, I'm more interested that you're, you're planted somewhere. Don't drift. You get taken out by the enemy if you drift. And, and if you find the perfect church, join it. But if you don't find the perfect church, join one. Get involved. Get rooted. Get connected in. Find yourself where you're going to have the Bible taught. Yeah? And you're here. Probably, I'd like the worship to be louder, Pastor. I'd like it to be quieter, Pastor. I'd like da, 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 whatever. That's not going to work. Find a spiritual home, yeah, and dig in. Be planted somewhere. Um, So these two pictures, walking, sitting, standing, and planting, are the two pictures throughout the psalm, and there's like a transitional verse that links the two together, that contrasts from walking with the mockers, or sitting with the mockers, into actually being by living streams of water that bear fruit. And the verse is verse 2, and it says, but those who delight in the law of the Lord, and who meditate on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water. And what we have here is the encouragement to fuel our spiritual life with the word of God and also to fuel it with the water, the spirit of God. Um, All research, Christian research shows that the way for you to grow spiritually is you you can have worship, you can community, you can do church, you can serving. But the way that you grow spiritually is by reading the Bible. Reading the Bible. Here it says it in the morning and in the evening. But probably speaking about an environment of God awareness. And so what I thought I would do is just give you a handful of very practical resources that I've used, dipped into through this year. One I haven't this year, but it's such a good one. I wanted to recommend it to you. Uh, That if you want to uh, uh, fuel yourself, feed yourself... Pour water on your own life and your own soil. Here's some starters for 10. So I like this one. My Rock, My Refuge. A Year of Daily Devotions in the Psalms by Tim Keller. I like this one because it's a page long. Yeah, uh, Deb does Bible in a Year, which is, it seems to me is a very, it goes on and on. There's lots. And, but she, she, Who else does Bible in a Year? Anyway, it's very good. You spiritual giants amongst us. Okay. Uh, 
But I like this one because it's like succinct. One of my all-time favorites is actually by Andrew Wilson, our teaching pastor. Incomparable. If you've not got his book, Incomparable, I can highly recommend it to you. It talks about the character of God and looks particularly all the different names of God. I love that one. And then Deb also recommended these two. You can see who's the spiritual giant in our marriage. In, by a, a, a brilliant writer, woman, writer, teacher, Jem Wilkin. In his image, and none like him. They're great resources that will help your devotion and your awareness of God. I hope that helps some of you here. Um, in the end... The person you become is totally connected to the soil or who you are or who you are walking with. And so be be discerning on what you fuel your mind and life with. Be discerning what you listen to, what you watch, and, and fertilize your life with good, good material. So don't answer this question. But I have to say, I'm not always a great fan of the God Channel. Can I say that to you without you all going, oh, I love the God Channel. Okay. Sometimes the stuff on the God Channel is not good teaching. Okay, And I think it's good to have a, an environment where you've got an awareness of God around. So we would do that in our home. If you come to our home or in our car, basically if you come to the Tibet household, you'll either have a sport on the telly or you'll have worship Tapes going on, probably a lot of the time both. Yeah? Worship in the kitchen, sport in the front room. Okay? Very common. Both equally important, uh, maybe. Um, if I'm in the car, very often, if we're traveling, Deb will say, let's just put a worship tape on. Or smooth. Yeah? Is there anyone out there that likes listening to smooth? Is there anyone out there? Okay? Okay, well, we're a people of a certain age and stage, but we're owning it. Yeah, okay, we're owning it. The 80s, I know for you young people, you think the 80s wasn't there, but when you were there, it was there, I'll tell you. And if you go smooth, okay, so I'm kind of, I'm, I'm worshipping Jesus and then a bit of smooth, okay? But what's the kind of environment, the culture? And I know many of you do. Uh, until recently, uh, uh, we've just started, changed a few things, but we, if you were preaching, you'd have someone drive you around. We've now grown up and can drive ourselves. So, um, but I used to love it. I was getting the guys, and they'd always have the, the premiere or something on, something that is just making you lean towards an awareness of God. And that, I think it's good. It's good. Smooth is good as well, but it's, it's good. So let's keep it real. Let's not get hyper-spiritual, yeah? We can kind of, we're called to live in the world, as, yeah? So we don't kind of get super, kind of, but at the same time, a, a general awareness that what you expose yourself to has greater impact. The people you expose yourself to has a greater impact on the person that you become. And it leads, in these verses, to a fruitful life. So if you want a fruitful life, Think before you associate. If you want a fruitful life, particularly a fruitful spiritual life, then feed yourself with good things. Take responsibility for your own soil. 
and the watering and the feeding and the word of God that comes in. And then lastly, this psalm lands with a bit of a kind of heads up again, like grab attention. So it jumps to judgment. And we've had quite a lot about judgment through the Revelation series, haven't we? And it's raised our awareness that the judgment on the earth and the judgment day is coming. And it's here in this psalm. And there, fundamentally, it's talking to any of us here who are not Christians. So in a sense, our soul is rooted in the world, or in sin is a Bible word. So that's the soil you're living in, and there's a day of judgment coming, and you need replanting out of that, and you need planting in Christ. And actually say, no, I've got my whole roots, my whole, I'm following this person, rather than this value system over here of the world, or the devil. Yeah. And so actually right at the land point of the psalm, the introduction to the psalm is an appeal to anyone here, and it is an appeal to you today, where are you rooted ultimately? What, what's the foundation of your life? Is it you, or is it God? And if it's just you, then I want to appeal to you, uh, get rooted in God. And you're here, so you must have some God awareness, yeah, or felt drawn here, or dragged here, uh, but be rooted ultimately in Christ. Let's pray together. If the band could come up, that would be, uh, be great, and we'll, we'll respond together. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for this psalm. We thank you that the psalmist uh, and the psalm, the book of Psalms, starts with this call for devotion and trusting in God. And we, we pray, Lord. I pray for everyone here that, Lord, we'd walk with the right people. We'd make choices about who we hang out with, who we associate with. It's not that we wouldn't be friendly. It's not that we, you know, be, people would like to be with us, Lord. We want to be odd. But at the same time, we want to be wise because we know who we hang out with impacts the people we become. And therefore, we want to choose positively to hang out with people that we see as an example of people worth following that we'd like to aspire to. And Lord, also we want to pray that we will be planted in good soil. Uh, Maybe, Lord, for some here to get planted in in the right church for them. If that's this one, Praise the Lord. There's another one. Amen. But we will be people that would choose to put ourselves in soil uh, where the Word of God and the Spirit of God can bring life to us and uh, that we would be fruitful in all that you've called us to do. I pray for some here that are facing real challenge at work and uh, they're thinking, yeah, no, I don't know whether to be Christian here or whether even out of this message I need to consider or even decide I need to replant somewhere else. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.